42. Let's, we're going to read the entire chapter, and then we'll get into it. The Bible says, As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after Thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before the Lord? My tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. For I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God, with the voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept holy day. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise Him for the help of His countenance. O my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember Thee from the land of Jordan and of the Hermonites from the hill of Mizar. Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of Thy water spouts. All Thy waves and Thy billows are gone over me. Yet the Lord will command His loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night His song shall be with me and my prayer unto the God of my life. I will say unto God, my rock, why hast thou forgotten me? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a sword in my bones, mine enemies reproach me, while they say daily unto me, where is thy God? Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise Him who is the health of my countenance and my God. Let's pray tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just come before You tonight and I just pray that You would um, be free to speak tonight, Lord, that um, You would just enable me, Lord, to speak Your Word, not anything I would like to say, Lord, but that Your Word would be free to speak and lives could be changed tonight, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Have you ever had a situation, have you ever had a situation just go from bad to worse? You, you look, you look, you have this situation, whatever it is, everybody has something on their mind. As soon as I say that, it pops into their mind. Whether it's this person who just gets under your skin and you spend time thinking about it. And the more time you spend thinking about this person, the worse that person gets. It just gets you think about it, and it gets even worse than it was when you started. Or at union, this can be something that's a lot of fun. You like, okay, we need to fix the towers. As as pastor, as uh, my dad and I got up in there, and then Brother White and um, Brother Darren got up in there. You're like, we need to fix the woodwork on the outside of the towers. Well, you open it up, and then you realize. You need to completely replace the wood, but before you can replace the wood, you need to replace the bricks that are, are the tower. Before you can replace the bricks, you need to replace the floor that isn't there to hold up the tower. You just, it gets, you begin to think about it, it can just go and begin this tailspin that if you're not careful, it can just go all the way down. And what started as this can suddenly take you to a place you never wanted to go. And the more you think about this problem, Whatever it is, the more consuming it can come, become. And this can, this can happen with physical problems where you, um, you, know, you might hurt yourself and the more you worry about it or the more you try to get through it, just 
you know, I sprained my ankle several times at college, and they're like, just walk through it, just walk through it. Well, if you try to do that, it'll just become worse, and your ankle will become weaker and weaker and weaker if you keep doing that. But that can, that can happen physically, but we're not talking about physically as much tonight, though it does deal with that. We're talking spiritually, where spiritually and emotionally, problems can come in your life, and as you, as you dwell on those problems, as you and I allow the trials, the temptations, the sufferings that is just part of living life to begin to take over our lives, it can put us into a place where we begin to spiral out of control, where we're no longer in control of what's happening, and we find ourselves asking, what is going on? Why has my life been turned upside down? Now, some of you may say, I know exactly what you're talking about, Brother Andrew. I've been there. Some of you may be saying, well, I've never been there. Well, I'm not trying to be discouraging tonight, but if it's just part of it is just human nature. You're probably, if you haven't been there, you're probably going to end up there where you are emotionally discouraged, where you are spiritually burdened. You're probably going to end up there one time or another during your life. And that's where we find the writer of this psalm, Psalm 42. Some people, just a little bit of background about the psalm, some people believe this is David, some people believe this is Hezekiah. In reality, um, you can match it up with lives of different people, and it would apply to all of them. You could see how they were written. I think you could match it up with some of our lives in here today and say, you know what, this matches up with my life, and that's what we're trying to do here tonight. It really doesn't necessarily change the meaning of the text by who wrote it, but it is Bible. We're going to study it out tonight. We're going to look at it, and we're going to see how it applies to our lives today. And we're going to start in verse number one, work our way through it. It is poetry, so it is going to, he's rhyming thoughts. In Hebrew poetry, isn't rhyming words, he's rhyming thoughts, and he's going through, and he's explaining himself in a way that's very metaphorical. He's using a lot of illustrations in it. So as we read it, he's, it's very emotional. He's using a lot of um, comparisons with nature. And if we look at it, I think we can really understand what he's trying to say. He talks about, As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Now, the word there when it talks about heart, it's talking about a deer. And how he's panting for the water brooks. It's something like he's been running or something. It's something that he needs. An animal runs on instinct. An animal is like, I'm, as he's running, he's like, I need water. And he begins, that animal begins to look for water. Well, humans at times always need water, okay? But at times they get really thirsty. I could think of what, just uh, last week um, when brothers, I was over there with uh, Union and Brother CJ was on the top scaffolding, and I was underneath pulling shingles up on a rope. And it was about 95 degrees outside, or at least it felt like 120. And I'm pulling shingles, about 80-pound piles of shingles, up on a rope 50 feet in the air to Brother CJ and Brother Darren as they're up there. Now, they're up there putting the shingles up. I'm just having to haul them up. But I'm now at their bottom pulling them up on a rope. And by the time I hauled about 13 of those up there, I think I understood a little bit of the meaning of the word panting after the water. I was sitting there. I was like, <sighs> that's, that's the idea. 
it, it's the idea of complete exhaustion. All right? This, this, when he's saying the heart is panting after the water. He's coming up. He's breathing heavy. He's looking for the water. The animal is exhausted. And the writer of the psalm here, whether it's David, whoever it was, is saying, that's how I am spiritually. My soul is panting after God. I am spiritually exhausted. There's spiritual just sweat pouring off of me. I need something that I don't have right now. I'm looking for water. As an animal would look for water, I'm looking for God. I'm not just looking for God. I'm looking for the living God. I'm spiritually exhausted. I'm worn down. It's a drive in Him. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. It's like, and then He says, Shall I come? When shall I come and appear before God? When am I going to come and be able to see God? I'm looking for God. I'm thirsting for God. I'm at a point to where I desperately need God. Well, why is He there? Why is He so desperate? Verse number three says, My tears have been my meat day and night. Why they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? He's going, the writer of the psalm, life has brought trials in his life, has brought great suffering in his life, and is bringing him to, slowly to a state that we would call today depression. It says, My tears have been my, have been my, excuse me, my tears have been my meat day and night. This isn't something when you get exhausted like that, in order to get there, it isn't something that happens just once. You can be tired, sleep it off, and be ready the next day to go. This is something, he says, day and night. It is something that is continually. He's saying the sorrow and the suffering that whatever this trial is that is brought in my life is day and night. It is what I eat. It is what I sleep. It is consuming my mind day and night. And then it says... While, while this is going on, while that my tears is just consumed, this problem is consuming me, I have enemies coming saying, where is thy God? They're mocking him, continually saying, hey, you say you believe in God, why are you going through this? You're exhausted, where is God? You know, why are you doing this? Where is your God? And then the psalmist goes, when I remember these things, when I begin to recall the suffering that I'm going through, when I begin to think about the trial that this is, when I begin to remember why I'm here, and then I begin to list, well, this happened, and this happened, and this happened. He says, my, I pour out my soul in me. It's like he melts. It just goes down from there. He is, like I said at the beginning, he's going into a tailspin here. There's the depression, the, the, just the trials of life are beginning to crush him. And he's, it's like his, just a glass full of water just crushed. And it's all pouring out in him. As he begins to remember and to recall what he's going through, it just, it just builds and it builds And his soul went down. It says, My pour out my soul in me. And then he says, For I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God. With the voice of joy and praise. With a multitude that kept 
holy day. This is talking about those who would go up. If this was written, um, whether it was written by David before the temple was built or after, it doesn't really matter. There were certain day, feast days that were set aside in the Old Testament where everyone was to come together and go up to wherever the house of God was. When he refers to the house of God in the book of Judges, that referred to the tabernacle. Later, that, that same phrase referred to the temple. So he's talking about going to the place where God had told him to assemble. He was serving God. He said, I... My soul is poured out within me. I had gone up to the temple or the tabernacle, whichever. I had gone to serve God. I had gone up with the people. I had sung the songs with joy and with praise and with the multitude. But then I begin to think about this trial that has come on me. This suffering that is in my life. And even though I had been to, that I'd been to the place where God had told me to be, I had been serving God even though I had been singing songs of joy, have been with other people, worshiping the Lord, I am still in my soul completely melted, spiritually exhausted. My tears have been my meat day and night is what I eat, is what I sleep, has been this trial. Then the psalmist begins to question. He says, why art thou cast down? Oh, my soul. He's talking to himself and saying, basically, why are you so depressed? Why am He's looking at this problem. He's thinking about it. He's writing it out and says, why am I so depressed? And it says, and why art thou disquieted in me? It has the idea of a turmoil, of a storm going on inside you. If you've ever been going through where there's, just this problem going on day and night, whether you're dealing with this person. I can think of times at college where I had just this roommate or I was on a group and I had this one person who just didn't want to get along with me. And it it began to hinder my ministry and my attempts to do what God had told me to do. In fact, it became a turmoil inside me till there was just this churning in, in my soul as I was trying to deal with this problem. Or I'm sure you could think about whatever is going on in your life. And this psalmist, he's saying, why art thou cast? Why are you just crushed? Why is this turmoil, this storm raging inside you? Then he says to himself, he commands himself, hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Up to this time, he's been talking about and writing about how life situations have come upon him. And he's exhausted. He's in turmoil. There is great struggles in his life. And then he talks about, for I shall yet praise him for the help, that, for the help, for the salvation, for the working of God. In his life. Then he says in verse number six, Oh my God, he's talking to God, my soul is cast down within me. He begins to, rather than talk about his problems, he begins to turn and talk to God. He says, God, I'm depressed. I'm crushed. This, whatever, this circumstance of life, some believe that this is David writing about the time when Absalom, 
was trying to rebel and take the throne from him. That would make a lot of sense. As David's own son was taking the throne from him, and how crushing that must have been. Let's just use that as an illustration. And he says, I'm crushed within me. He begins to talk to God and says, God, my soul is cast down within me. I am at a place where I am spiritually exhausted and depressed. But, he says, therefore, because of this, I will remember thee from the land of Jordan and of the Hermonites from the hill of Mizar. He's just using poetry here. He's talking. There's, you know, people want to put all kinds of stuff into it. Basically, he says... I remember what you've done in the past from the land of Jordan and areas around. I'm remembering what you've done. The places where you have worked in my life. I'm remembering what you have done in the past. He's going back in his mind through places where he has seen God work. That's basically what it is. You can, you know, look at names, look at this. That's basically what it is. He's saying, because I'm so cast down, I'm going to go back to where and remember, rather than remembering all the things that are happening to me, I'm going to go back and I'm going to think about what God has done in my life. I'm going to think about the miracles God has worked in my life. And he begins to compare and contrast. Then he goes back and says, Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. What that's talking about is just complete surrounding. Deep over here, deep over here, and all thy waves and billows are coming over me. The trouble is completely surrounding him. He's saying, God, my soul is cast down within me, but I'm going to remember where you've worked before. But God, the trouble is all around me. In fact, it's coming completely over me. It's like a wave that's just washing over me and washing over me and washing over me, this trouble that's in my life. But, yet the Lord will command His loving kindness in the daytime and in the night His song shall be with me and my prayer unto the God of my life. What, he's be- what the psalmist is beginning to do in the beginning, he talks about, I'm spiritually exhausted because to go all through this. And then he waits and says, why am I cast down? Why is there such a storm in my life? I need to hope in God and praise Him. But that doesn't stop just because he started there and says, have the moment of prayer where he says, I need to trust in God. I need to hope in God. Wait on God. That didn't mean all the trials went away. That didn't mean it stopped. He, as he's going through the rest of the psalm, it's going on and saying, Thy waves and thy billows wash over me, even though the trouble is still continuing, I am now going to contrast that trouble with what God is doing in my life, what God is capable of doing in my life. It says, Yet the Lord will command His loving kindness in the daytime. He sends His mercy. He sends His love, even in the midst of the trouble. When I was reading and studying this for the message, when it talks about, and in the night His song shall be with me, my mind couldn't help but go to the Philippian jail. Paul and Silas would have maybe even sung this song in the jail. 
talking about a song in the night. We can, that's an illustration comparing Scripture. We can go back and think about how Paul and Silas went through great physical and, and spiritual stress. They went through a trial. And yet, in the midst of that, in the middle of the night, the time when, the dark, when it's the darkest, the time when they were deserted, they had a song from God to be able to sing. And it wasn't because they were just excited about getting the tar beat out of them. That's not what they were, they were just thrilled about. They were thrilled about their opportunity to serve and glorify God, despite the troubles. It says, then he says, I will say unto my rock, why hast thou forgotten me? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a sword in my bones, my enemies reproach me while they say daily unto me, where is thy God? And he goes back into the, the trouble that he's in, the trial that he's going through. He's like, God, it seems in the middle of it, when I stop thinking on this, it seems like you've forgotten me. It seems like I'm sitting here and you're up there and over here I'm able to sing the song in the night, but when I start to think about the problem again, it seems like you've forgotten me. Like there's this distance between us and you're not even aware of the problem I'm going through. And then he talks about how that his enemy, the oppression of the enemy is like a sword in his bones. It's stuck in there. If you've ever um, skinned an animal or whatever, I have done hunting, I field dressed an animal. If you stick a knife into a bone, it's not coming out very easily. It's jammed in there. I'm not trying to be gross. But what the, what the psalmist is talking about is he's very vividly describing here, he's using a metaphor. This isn't something, just a little paper cut that is going through. It is something that is jammed deep into me. It's into my bone. And it's stuck there, this trial. The enemy is continually, daily saying to me, Where is your God? I'm here and I got this sword stuck into your bone. And you're talking about God. Where is your God? Then the psalmist goes back and he says, Why art thou cast down? Oh, my soul, why art thou disquieted in me? He's still going through it. As many times as you, you wish, and I know I wish in my life where there's this trial and I want to say, Hey, God, I, God, I need you to take care of this. And it's gone. But life doesn't usually work that way. It comes, it comes back an hour, day, week, five minutes later. And it's there again. And he says, God, I'm, I'm still struggling with this thing. I'm still depressed. My soul is still cast down within me. My heart's at my feet. We've used that or something similar to that. His heart just dropped. That's what... Why is my soul disquiet? Why is there still this turmoil inside of me so it's even disturbing my sleep? Why is there this storm just still raging in me? Hope in God. For I shall yet praise Him who is the health of my countenance and my God. I 
The psalmist is writing. He's writing Scripture under the inspiration of God. And he's thinking about this trouble that he's going through to the point to where he is physically and emotionally, but most importantly, spiritually exhausted. He says his soul is panting. He's just standing there, just trying to catch his breath. Panting. He's saying, God, I need you. Because my enemies are coming on me. When I think about all the trouble that is going on in my life, it's just gone. My heart's gone. There's no resolve in me to go on anymore. There's a storm raging inside my life. But, I need to hope in God. He he combats the turmoil and depression in his life by trusting in the character of God. He responded to the depression and turmoil and that life's trials bring by choosing to remember the faithfulness of God and hope in God. The word there, hope, has the idea of wait for. He has waiting with expectancy to receive. He's like, I don't see the answer right now, but I know that you, Lord, have the answer. And I am going to put my trust in the fact that you are God and that you are faithful despite the trial that is coming in my life, despite just the storm that is raging inside my life right now, despite the fact that when I, if I stop and I start thinking about all the things that have happened to me and all the trials that are going through, I just want to sit there and melt into a puddle on the floor. I need to hope in God, wait on God, Because God is faithful, and God is not going to leave me, and God will be the health of my countenance. He's going to bring me what I need to get through this trial. You know, each one of us are going to find ourselves in this place. At one time or another, it may be different circumstances for one person than the other. You may feel like you're the only person who has ever gone through this. And the devil wants you to feel that way. That nobody else has ever had to experience this amount of stress. This amount of trial. And the more we think about it, and the more we try to figure out how we're going to deal with it, the more depressed we get. The more we try to work it out and begin to get our to-do list of how we're going to fix this, the more down we get, the more depressed we get, the more we go into that tailspin, the more we try to think about it, the more we end up like I did at the end of pulling up those shingles, just standing there going, I don't think I can move. And it's funny, but when you're there spiritually, it's not so funny. And the psalmist is there, but by the end of the psalm, he's not there. And the reason is, he says, I need to put my hope not in my thinking. I need to put my hope in God. 
And I need to put my remembrance, what I'm thinking about, not on the trial that I'm going through, but on the God who is overarching the trial, who is in control of what's going on. The God who can give me the song in the night. The God who has the loving kindness and the mercy in the daytime and can allow me to pray when I need to and will hear my prayers. I need to remember who God is when that trial, when whatever comes in, just thinking about this, but I couldn't help but think about when I think about the state of our country and I'm looking at what is going on and the laws that are being passed and the way people's attitude toward church and toward the Word of God is. When we go out in New York City and try to pass out tracts, you get some looks that you're just like, they're not, they don't want this. And as you begin to think about that, as you can begin to think about where our country was and where it is going now, and the agenda that is being pushed on us, you can begin to go into that tailspin. You can begin to become discouraged and allow yourself to get down. But our hope isn't in getting a conservative in the White House. Our hope isn't in having everything perfect Because the psalmist was right at the end of the psalm, despite the fact that his trouble was still there. The answer to it is putting our hope in God and remembering who He is. Remembering what He has done. Because our focus should never be on the trial. Our focus should always remain on God. We need to focus on the character of God and not on life's trials. It's not getting more money. It's not having that co-worker removed from your life. It is not having a relationship or having that person in a relationship removed. It's not any of those things. It's not having your circumstances change. Because circumstances are going to change again. And then they're going to change again. The psalmist could have peace and he could have what he needed during this time of trial if he would simply take his focus off his trial and put it on God. So where's your focus tonight? Where's, what, are, what is driving you to the point of madness, you might say? There's a trial that each one of us is going through. If we, we, if we ask people here if they could anonymously write it down, we all could probably write five, ten, a hundred, whatever you wanted to put down, trials that you're going through. Health, family, whatever it is. And if we begin to put our focus on that and remember that, And begin to think about how the enemy is attacking us. And how much it hurts. And how much we're like, where's God in this? We will get to the point to where our soul is cast down within us. And we'll feel like all the waves and the billows are coming over us. And they say... Pain will do two things to you. It will either break you or make you stronger. A trial is going to do two things to you. Make you or break you stronger. Or break you or make you stronger. Whatever 
comes in your life, God can use it in one of two ways. God wants to use it in one way, but you can use it in the other way. If you allow that to become the focus of your mind to where that is what you're thinking about, that is becoming your meat day and night. It is This problem is what you eat, it's what you sleep, it's what is consuming you. It will break you. God never designed us to carry it all by ourselves. Hope in God. Wait for God. Begin to remember what God has done for you in the past. Begin to go back into your mind to the place where He saved you. To the place where He is working in your life. You can go back and say, yes, God told me to move to New York City then. Or, God led me to the Open Door Bible Baptist Church then. Here's a chance I got to witness to somebody. And begin to go back through some of the blessings that God has given in your life. You know what? You're not going to be as depressed as you used to be. Why? Because you're not focusing on your problem. You're not going down. You're putting your focus on God, who wants to carry that burden for you. So the answer to life's turmoil and depression that it wants to bring and wreck on your life is to focus on God and on the character of God and begin to remember who God is and His faithfulness, not life's trials. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank You for tonight. We thank You for Your Word, Lord. I just pray that it would be free to speak to hearts, Lord, and that You would change us tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Just give a moment of prayer. We won't have the piano play.